Welcome in, welcome in to Face to Face Sports, coming at you live from the McLaughlin Center for the Arts on Emory and Henry's campus. This is WHC 90.7 FM. I'm your host, Jordan Dove, and I'm excited to bring you this fourth edition of Face to Face Sports, a show which discusses all the latest sports news, both nationally and locally. During this time, I also enjoy giving my opinions and takes on all the biggest events happening in the sports world. You may like my opinions, you may not. It's all good fun, just remember, it's only my opinion. Listen, I hope you guys had a wonderful weekend. I know I sure did. Took me a little trip down to Baton Rouge, Louisiana to take part in a wedding. Great fun there. It was awesome to see uh, some of my friends, so shout out to all of them. But now I am back here in Southwest Virginia to talk to you guys about some sports, like I always do. We have lots to talk about. We have concluding thoughts on this year's NBA Finals for the second straight week. A champion has been crowned, but in a different sport. Also, we have some more college baseball tournament talk. The World Series has provided a ton of action. so a lot of excitement in the sports world, as there often is. Lots to talk about, so stay tuned. This is Face to Face Sports. Let's get started, shall we? We're going to begin the show as we always have in previous shows. We're talking about some NBA Finals action. The State Warriors are the champions for the fourth time in eight years. Hate to say it, but my prediction did come true. The, they did do it in six games, wrapping it up last Thursday night with an anticlimactic 103-90 victory. But before we discuss the closing game, let's discuss what led up to it. Game 5 was just another lost opportunity for the Boston Celtics. Series tied 2-2 in San Francisco. The Celtics, a team to, who have been so awesome on the road all postseason, went in the fourth quarter trailing 74-75. As a team, they just had one of their best third quarters of the playoffs. They scored 35 points on over 57 percent shooting. The final quarter was a different story. Defensively, they continued to keep Steph Curry in check, who ended his streak of making at least one three-pointer in a game, but they just could not lift the lid off the basket on their own end. They shot just 4-15 in that final period. Team's aces Jason Tatum, or Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, just could not take advantage in that fourth quarter, shooting a combined 2 of 9 to close it out. Andrew Wiggins continued his brilliance from Game 4, scoring 10 points and grabbing 5 rebounds in the fourth, shooting 5 of 6. And overall in the game, he scored 26 points to go along with 13 rebounds, his second straight double-double of the finals. And going to the game, I, I did expect Curry... Um, if, they, if the Warriors wanted to win, I expected Curry to get some help, but ironically, it, it, just, didn't, it just didn't come um, for Curry. I mean, Curry didn't really play all that well, but the help came, and, and he just didn't play well. Um, luckily enough, though, Clay Thompson did step up. Andrew Wiggins, once again, had a brilliant night, as I mentioned. Um, and every now and then, you know, we, we've gotten so used to Steph hitting all those three-pointers and um, every now and then he's going to have one of those nights where he just comes out flat, but luckily enough, the teammates came out and, and, uh, really, uh, really got the Warriors back on track. Uh, Clay Thompson really helped with the scoring load. As I mentioned, he had one of his better shooting nights of the finals, 21 points. He hit five, three pointers. So the Warriors took advantage of that pivotal game five home court advantage, which leads us now to game six in Boston. Celtics got off to a very good start with their two aces, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, each scoring seven in the opening period. But the Warriors, who have always been just such a deadly team when it comes to scoring on runs, one-on-one as the first was coming to a close. With two and a half minutes left in the first quarter, they trailed 22-16, to and that is what would start the unbelievable 21-0 run, which made its way into the second quarter. 
Jordan Poole really heated up during this run, making a trio of three-pointers. And before the Celtics knew what hit them, they were down 37-22. Just were a lot more flat and lost that momentum they opened the game with. By halftime, the Warrior lead was 54-39. Boston had more turnovers than made shots in the second quarter, so the turnover bug continued to plague them. And by the end of the third, uh, the Celtics had trimmed the, the Warrior lead to 10, but they would not get any closer for the rest of the game as Steph Curry and the Warriors put their finishing touches on the game and the series in the closing quarter, winning the ball game 103-90. to Steph Curry finished the game with a strong second half, and overall in the game he had 34 points, 7 rebounds, and 7 assists. Curry very emotional as the final seconds rolled down, hugging his father, former NBA player Del Curry, who was on the sideline. Uh, Curry, what can you say about him in this series? I've been praising him all finals, as many analysts have. Uh, For the series, he averaged over 31 points on almost 50% shooting and 43% shooting from three. Averaged six rebounds, five assists, and two steals as well. Really had a lot to carry on his shoulders this entire series, as many of the surrounding Warriors players didn't really get going until the final pair of games. Uh, The next highest scorers on the series for the team were Andrew Wiggins and Klay Thompson, who didn't even score 20. Uh, Wiggins had 18, Clay had 17 points, respectively. Um, but of course, we got to talk about this one. The one trophy that's eluded Curry his entire career, the finals MVP, finally awarded to Curry on his fourth championship run. Um, you know, we look back at the other ones, there was controversy, of course, back in 2015. Well, when the voters decided to award Andre Iguodala with the finals MVP, uh, many debates still um, are talked about now. Uh, then, of course, Kevin Durant. Uh, he won back-to-back M- Finals MVPs in 2017 and 2018 when the Warriors won then. Um, so Steph has his now, uh, but I'm sure he, I'm, I'm sure he's happier that he has another title under his belt. Uh, I said before, you know, the Finals, uh, this trophy puts the Warriors in an elite company. The trio of Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, along with head coach Steve Kerr, they now have more than other great teams of the past. I mean, you think about it, Kobe, Shaq, Phil Jackson, Lakers, the early 2000s, they won three. Um, they now have more than Bird, McHale, and Parrish's Celtics of the 80s who won three. And uh, with the four titles, they join other elite groups um, to win at least that number. You think Magic and Kareem's Lakers who won five, Jordan's Bulls who won six, Duncan and Pop Spurs who won five. Um, then, of course, Russell Celtics who won 11. That record will never be touched. Uh, but I personally believe this Warriors team is a dynasty. Many sports analysts have different de- definitions of the word. But uh, I think four and eight years really is a great uh, run of excellence. The Warriors are a few events from having six, if you think about it. 2016, they were a win away, uh, losing slightly in that memorable Game 7 against Cleveland and LeBron. Uh, 2019, back in the finals, just got plagued with injuries during that series against Toronto. Uh, Durant and Clay both going down for good. Uh, and obviously these last two years, when they didn't make it, they had additional injuries. But... Uh, Listen, this is what separates the best teams from everyone else. They know how to recover, refocus, um, and get back on the mountaintop, which is what these Warriors did. Their their accomplishment was a long, long road back, uh, which is why, of course, you saw the emotion from Curry and the others. Uh, just fantastic stuff from them. And for the Boston Celtics, you have to tip your hats to them. Uh, they were the hottest team from January on. First-year head coach Ime Udoka, obviously a memorable opening year from him. I think Boston definitely has their guy with him and um, you know you think about a year ago Brad Stevens going up um, to upper management they hired uh, Ime Udoka there were some questions you know but 
he he learned a lot from Pop, and and he had a great great inaugural year. Um, and listen, think about the future. Depending on how the East shapes up, their run is is not guaranteed next year. If Brooklyn can improve their coaching situation as well as have their stars together for a full season, they could be dangerous. Milwaukee obviously will be favored to get back to the finals if Middleton stays healthy. Obviously, Giannis Antetokounmpo will continue his dominance there. And uh, I think Miami is going to shop around for trades or free agents this offseason and bring another big piece with them. So it's not guaranteed for Boston to go another year. Obviously, they are extremely talented, especially their young duo of Brown and Tatum. Um, but there's there's still more growth, growth that has to be done. I think for Jason Tatum, maybe his patience on the offensive end, not trying to force plays. Uh, he was the first player in NBA history to finish a postseason run with over 100 turnovers. That's something I'm sure he wants to forget about. So he can improve there. Some of his face-up moves, finishes at the rim, also can be worked on. Um, but listen, the guy's 24 years old. He's he's still got a huge window. Same with Jalen Brown. He's only 25. That guy, man, he he's already showed major improvements every single year, especially in his scoring. I personally believe he was the best player for Boston all postseason long. And I'm, I'm sure I wouldn't be alone in that. Um, I'd be interested to see what offseason decisions they make. They may bring back veteran Al Horford, even though he is 36 years old. Um, they'd have to guarantee his $26.5 million for next season. Uh, in the draft, which is this Thursday night, uh, they'll have one pick, which will be the 53rd overall. Um, they, once again, will not have a first-round pick, similar to last season, because they exchanged this year's first-round pick along with two of their players to the Spurs to acquire Derek White last February. So, once again, there will not be a first-round pick there. As far as extensions go, Jalen Brown will be eligible beginning in October. Um, and for Golden State, uh, yes, you're the you're the champions, but there's always room to improve. Extension decisions will have to be made by Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole and uh this upcoming Thursday, they are slated to pick 28th overall in this year's draft. Um, we will see what unfolds this offseason. Once again, congratulations to the Golden State Warriors. Four championships in eight years. Just a great accomplishment for them. And we're going to take a little break, but when I return, we'll be discussing the College Baseball World Series. We're coming down to the wire. Stay with us. You're listening to WHC 90.7. And sometimes wild comes in tiny, tiny little packages, like insects. One of E.O. Wilson's most famous quotes puts us in our place. He said, If all mankind were to disappear, the world would regenerate back to the rich state of equilibrium that existed 10,000 years ago. But if insects were to vanish, the environment would collapse into chaos. And insects do way more for us than just pollinate. Insects also serve as an important source of food for other animals. In fact, one tiny little nest of baby chickadees will eat 8,000 caterpillars before they grow up and fly away. So put away that can of bug killer and learn more about the tiniest and arguably most important element of the ecosystem. Find links to learn more on the ENH Wild Campus Facebook page. Stay curious! Brought to you by the Holston Rivers Chapter of Virginia Master Naturalist. Support for WEHC comes from Food City, the food experts. Locally owned and operated for more than 65 years and with 123 convenient locations, Food City is proud to support your college and community station. Online at foodcity.com. 
Welcome back into Face to Face Sports here on WEHC 90.7. I am your host, Jordan Dove. Just now tuning in, I was just discussing the conclusion of the NBA Finals between the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors are champions for the fourth time in eight years. First time since 2018, they are back on the mountaintop. Congrats to them. Now switching gears to the NCAA, the College World Series has provided so much action, as you would expect. Lots to talk about and catch you up on here. As many of you know, the College World Series teams began play last Friday. Following the conclusion of the Super Regionals a week ago, the final eight who advanced to Omaha were the following schools. The Stanford Cardinal, who were the number two overall seed. Texas A&M Aggies, the number five overall team. Texas Longhorns, who are the number nine in the 14th seed Auburn Tigers. And then unranked teams, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, the Oklahoma Sooners, Ole Miss Rebels, and the Arkansas Razorbacks. Friday opened with the unranked Sooners taking on the five seed Aggies. Oklahoma came out and scored a ton of runs on A&M, winning the ball game 13-8. The Sooners really put up a number on A&M, starting pitcher Nathan Detmer, who allowed four hits and seven runs in one and two-thirds innings pitched. Additionally, on Friday night, the Cinderella-Notre Dame Fighting Irish continued their hot run, beating the Texas Longhorns 7-3. The Irish jumped out with runs early, and relievers Alex Rao and Jack Finley finished the game very well, pitching the final three and two-thirds innings, allowing no hits and striking out four. And on Saturday, Arkansas Razorbacks completely took Stanford by surprise, defeating them 17-2. I still can't believe that. It was Stanford's worst loss all season long as the Razorbacks hit a collective 21 hits and 16 RBIs to blow the game open. It was 11-2 in the top of the ninth before Arkansas collected six additional runs in the inning alone just to add to their lead. Uh, following that game on Saturday was another victory for an unranked. A little SEC matchup. The Ole Miss Rebels defeated the Auburn Tigers 5-1. to They have continued to be one of the more dominant teams this postseason after almost missing out on the tournament entirely. Starting pitcher for Ole Miss, Dylan DeLucia, pitched a great game, going 7 and 2 thirds innings, allowing only 4 hits, 1 run, and struck out 10. And yesterday saw the first elimination bracket game. The two Texas schools battled it out, with the Aggies prevailing over the Longhorns 10-2. A&M jumped out to a hot start, scoring four runs in the second. It slowly increased their lead as the game went on. Afterwards, the two uh, two hot teams, Notre Dame Fighting Irish and Oklahoma Sooners, played to see who would advance to the semifinals. The Sooners would once again take it. They beat the Irish 6-2. Shortstop Peyton Graham would go 4-4 hitting on the day for Oklahoma, while center fielder Tanner Treadaway went 3-4 with two RBIs. Additionally, pitcher Cade Horton, who's been great, struck out 11 Notre Dame batters through six innings. With the loss, the Fighting Irish will now go to the elimination bracket and play Texas A&M tomorrow. The winner of that will advance to the semifinals to place the, to face the Sooners on Wednesday. Excuse me. We did have some action earlier today as Auburn and Stanford played in their elimination bracket game. Auburn d- did defeat Stanford 6-2, to which means the highest seed to advance this year is out. Stanford was holding a 2-0 lead after 5, but the Tigers' bats got hot as they scored 4 runs in the top of the 6th and 2 more in the top of the 7th. This is Auburn's first College World Series win since 1997, and that year they defeated Rice 10-1, to and that was their last win. I'm sure a lot of Tigers fans are happy about that. And additionally, as soon as the show ends, in fact, Ole Miss and Arkansas will play for the right to advance to the semifinals. 
on their side of the bracket. The loser will play Auburn tomorrow night. So a reminder for games to come. Arkansas and Ole Miss, beginning at the conclusion of this show. Notre Dame and Texas A&M tomorrow afternoon. And the winner of Ole Miss-Arkansas will play Auburn tomorrow evening. Lots of fun matchups occurring. These kids really want it for their schools. This tournament's flying by, though. Um, I've always, I'd, I'd like to try and make it out to Omaha one day and catch some of these World Series games. This is a, this is a great tradition in college baseball. Dates back to 1950. A lot of history. I know the experience has got to be great over there during this time. Um, so, yeah, best of luck to the, the remaining schools. We're going to take another quick break and let you hear some messages, but when I return, we'll take a look at the U.S. Open as well as where things stand with the Stanley Cup Final. Stay with us on WHC 90.7. Support for WEHC and Emory & Henry Football comes from Tumbling Creek Cider Company, heritage-inspired, handcrafted hard cider in the heart of downtown Abingdon. Open daily in the Springhouse 112 Court Street, northeast, and online at tumblingcreekcider.com. Tumbling Creek Cider Company serving the spirit of our community. This is Henry McCarthy of Poets and Writers. We're pleased to bring you another season of Poets and Writers, some new poets, some local poets, some national poets, and some fine writers, and also we have some screenwriters for you this this year. So tune in to Poets and Writers. We write poems every day in our hearts, but we're often afraid to share them. And if you send me a few lines to McCarthyHenry at Yahoo.com, we will put them on. So Poets and Writers, Henry McCarthy, don't forget us. Welcome back into Face to Face Sports here on WEHC 90.7, a show detailing all the latest sports topics. I'm your host, Jordan Dove, and thank you for staying tuned in. Moving right along, Matt Fitzpatrick won the Golf U.S. Open yesterday, giving him his first major championship. The 122nd edition of the U.S. Open literally came down to the wire after the number one player in the world, Scotty Scheffler, parred on the final hole. He finished five under, tying him for second with Will Zalatoris for the meantime until Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick completed their games. Fitzpatrick was just above them at six under par, and he finished in the clutchest of ways, parring on the final hole. Zalatoris then had a chance with a potential birdie putt to tie and send the U.S. Open to a playoff, but his putt would drift and just miss the hole, giving Fitzpatrick the win. For Zalatoris, it is his third second-place finish at a major. He finished second in the 2021 Masters. This year's PGA Championship, and uh, he finished second, and he tied yesterday, of course, with Scheffler at the U.S. Open. He said, quote, he was heartbroken. And, uh, man, you gotta, you got to feel for someone like that. I'm sure he puts in a lot of work, and he, he'll probably win one day. One day. I, I don't deny that. And uh, for Fitzpatrick, his, his previous highest finish came in this year's PGA Championship, where he finished tied for fifth with a score of 277. Interestingly enough, Fitzpatrick won at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts, the site of this year's U.S. Open back in 2013 when he took the U.S. Amateur title. Uh, once again, congratulations to him on winning his first major. And in other news, Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Finals between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche will begin at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. The Lightning are looking to complete the first three-peat in NHL history since the New York Islanders won four in a row in the early 1980s. They are down 0-2 in the series. They lost Game 1 in Denver 4-3 in overtime and Game 2 7-0. Colorado is playing in the Stanley Cup for the first time since they won it in 2001. 
Valerie Nichuskin has been the leading man for them so far, scoring three goals, two of them being in Game 2. Uh, Colorado, listen, Colorado's been a strong team all year long. They just missed out on their second straight President's Cup, uh, which is awarded the team with the best overall record in the regular season. They were second in points and overall record, uh, both behind the Florida Panthers, and uh, definitely feel like they have unfinished business because of their loss in last year's uh, semifinal round when they were the top overall team. Uh, as of right now, they are 14-2 and in this year's postseason. Uh, they swept the first round and the Western Conference Finals. And, of course, they have won the first two games of this year's Stanley Cup. Tampa, trying to make their case as a dynasty. Three cups in a row would do it, but they now have to claw their way back into the series. They did face a similar situation the previous round when they were down 0-2 to the New York Rangers. Uh, obviously, they came back strong and took that series in six. Steven Stamkos was great in that series, as well as, well as uh, Nikita Kucherov. Um, for Tampa, the key tonight is obviously goalie Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, he allowed a playoff career-high seven goals in Game 2, something the Lightning fans are not used to seeing. Um, but according to some stats, he is 19-13-1 and and after games where he's allowed at least five goals and 4-2 and two in the playoffs. Additionally, the home ice may be the key for Tampa to get back in this series as Game 3 and 4 will take place in Tampa, Florida. So that would, should be exciting tonight. Big game for them if they want to try and stay alive in this series. I'm sure if they go down 0-3, it's going to be really, really hard to climb back. The Avalanche take this. It'll be their first cup in over 20 years. Once again, that game will begin at 8 o'clock tonight, Eastern Time. We're going to take one more little break. When I get back, we're going to be talking about some local news and going back to that U.S. Open, so stay tuned. WEHC 90.7 FM brings you the Jukebox every weeknight from 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. Tune in to hear what your friends and people in the community are listening to. And for your turn on the Jukebox, send your 60-minute playlist to WEHC at ehc.edu. We'll be going wherever the music takes us. Underwriting for WEHC and Emory Henry Football comes from the Bank of Marion. Recently announcing new products and services to make banking better, including a Platinum Rewards credit card. With contactless payments, it's tab and go. Earn rewards points for every retail purchase, redeemable for merchandise, travel, cashback, and fuel discounts. The Bank of Marion, with 17 hometown community branches throughout the region. Member FDIC. Support for WEHC comes from Abingdon Racquetball Associates, a privately owned club offering two courts conveniently located at 150 Deadmore Street in the heart of historic Abingdon. Off the wall fun since 1991. More information at 276-623-4400. If you're planning to simplify your life this summer, start by giving yourself more space. Donate that unwanted vehicle you no longer need to us. We'll have it picked up at no cost to you, get top dollar for it, and use the proceeds to present your favorite programs. Learn more at wehcfm.com. That's wehcfm.com. 
We are back here in face-to-face sports, WHC 90.7. I'm your host, Jordan Dove. Some local news to close us out. Talking again about that U.S. Open, though. ETSU grad Seamus Power finished one over par in the final round. He shot an even par 70, which tied him for 12th with John Rahm. Power finished very nicely on the final seven holes as he birdied the 12th and 13th holes and hitting par the rest of the way to shoot two under in those frames. Power has made the cut in all three majors this season, and I'm sure we all wish him luck with the British Open Championship, which will begin in mid-July. This is going to wrap us up for this week. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. For the third straight week, another champion will be crowned this time in college baseball, so tune in next week, same day, same time, Monday at 6.30, and I'll once again dive into all of that action. Privilege as always to be speaking to you all, and thank you as always for listening. This is Face to Face Sports calling it a wrap on its now fourth airing. Stay safe out there, watch some sports, keep listening to WHC 90.7.